everyone. My name is Kevin Clark, and I'll be your host for today. I'm a UX manager at Shopify, and today I'm lucky to be joined by the one and only Becky Kana Quaid, and she's a UX manager on Shopify Balance, and I'm so excited for our conversation. Hi, Becky. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So, Becky, for our listeners who may not know about you, can you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do at Shopify? Yeah. So as Kevin said, I'm a UX manager on Shopify Balance, which is a new product that we're rolling out this year. It's the ability to give our merchants faster access to their cash, as well as rewarding them on business essential spend. So this is a bit of a, it's a new area in some ways for Shopify. We've been in, we've had financial services in, in regards to payment processing and our capital product as well for a number of years. But now we're, we're venturing out onto the side of helping merchants on the financial money management side of business. So it's a it's a new space for us and it's really exciting. Yeah, that that's super interesting. I feel like you know, we we tend to associate Shopify with like, oh, I create go and create products and it, you know, creates a website for me where people can send me money. But I feel like Shopify especially today is like thinking about so many broader, you know, entrepreneurship problems and I feel like balance is one of them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, thinking about the entrepreneurial journey, just the idea of having to manage your money and having to learn how to manage money is so essential. And it's also really tough. And we recognize the challenges that our, our merchants face in this space. And we, you know, we have a bit of an unfair advantage where we also know their business and the money side. So we think we can help them really get to success earlier and, and, and get them through the challenges a little bit easier and start to learn how to how to manage your money in, in efficient ways and, and giving them access to things, which is not something that's always easy to do when you're starting out in a new business, you know, going to a bank and starting up a business bank account that might have business plans required or lots of monthly fees or minimum balances and, you know, thinking about having to fund your business and get loans, all of that is, can be pretty scary and, and overwhelming. And you know, we want our merchants to focus on on their business and their products and, and growing their business. So we want to we want to be the, the financial partner and support them and have them think of Shopify in a way of not just a place where you can run commerce, but where you can run your business as well. Yeah, that that is super cool. And I feel like as designers, like we all have a million complaints about our bank <laughs> experience <laughs> and UI and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. how does it feel to kind of get a chance to be like, hey, here's how we can do it right. You know, like I, I we could actually like build a team around this and we're, we're building products for businesses, of, of course, but we want to create an experience that's super user friendly. Like oh. that must be really fun, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and not only user friendly, but even just build products and craft products that are that are catered for for merchants and for the merchants business. And what's sort of one of our missions when you go out to look at what other banks offer, there's I mean there's plenty of solutions out there and big banks kind of cater to maybe every type of business, maybe indexing a little bit more on the bigger businesses, but you know, we really understand the challenges that our merchants face and and especially small merchants. And we want to make sure that we can we're giving them just what they need when they need it. And we're doing it in a way that's that is user friendly. We can kind of push the boundaries a little bit. We have we have a lot of space to play with in in, in design in some ways and just trying to make it yeah, just make it make sense, not only as like a financial product itself, but how does it make sense within integrated within the world of commerce? Mm, 
nice. And can you tell me a, a bit more about sort of like the challenges of working in that space? Because like you met, you kind of mentioned that like we're about to launch some things, but I'm sure like as exciting of a space that it is, it must also be a challenging space at time. So are there any kind of like challenges that you've gone, you and your team have gone through that you can share with us and tell us what you learned from it? Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's challenges right off the bat, just this being a new space and launching into, you know, from zero to one, something start, something almost startup like getting a, I've worked in this in places before where we built products kind of from scratch. And there's always sort of a, an initial team that's a little scrappy and you have to kind of wear a lot of hats and do a lot of things. And then you start to get bigger and bigger. And then you're trying to build this product and build a team and supporting them both and all. And we've had the extra challenges of this past year with 2020 and like moving to remote work. And it's been an interesting year, but I would say that at the end of it, like the team has really bonded super well. Like I think we have a really strong, mm -hmm. like cross collaboration working. And as we continue to move forward, we're, you know, we're still wearing a lot of hats, but I think it's going to, we're starting to get a little bit more focus. Some of the other challenges we have too are just, you know, you're trying to get something out into the market to ship fast and start learning. So, you know, having to make compromises that are sometimes really difficult, especially maybe even on the design side where you want to start to learn about the product and the behaviors of the merchants. So maybe you sacrifice a little bit of polish and, and thinking, pushing the UI. So what we're doing we're, as we're in beta right now, what we're really trying to focus on is like making that space for us to go back and really do some deep design thinking and really start to push what it is that we want to launch to the world with. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Like you mentioned, you know, 2020, I think it's the, the elephant of the room, <laughs> you know, in yeah. everything that we do, I feel like it's just really changed everything. Mm -hmm. And as a lot of people, you know, whatever company people work in, like a lot of us had to adapt to working remotely. And I think that was certainly true for Shopify, where yeah. we went from primarily working in offices to all of a sudden working from home and now digital by default. I'm kind of curious to hear a little bit more about how you kind of adapted your your team to kind of like go in this new phase and like you, you mentioned how everyone had like bonded together during that time and like how do you kind of keep that team culture or create something in this digital world where like every day you know I'm sitting here in front of my screen at home you know it's it's a very different thing than what it used to be yeah it it absolutely is it's had its ups and downs I would say it's it's I was thinking about this the other day I think we were, it, I, I was in the Montreal office, as you know, and just before we went remote, I remember we had made a couple of pod changes and our, and the mm -hmm. Shopify balance pod was like coming together. Everybody was getting their desks set up. Things were, you know, <laughs> things were settling in. We were all excited to be in the working together. Then all of a sudden we're like, okay, well, we're going to be out of the office for a few weeks. And then we were out of the office forever. And so I think just the nature of the product kind of brought everyone together of this sort of like, we're all, we all just have to roll up our sleeves and, you know, we have, we have some challenges ahead of us. We have some deadlines we need to hit. We want to ship fast. We want to learn. And I think that that's sort of like all, all one team kind of mentality just 
kept with us. But we also try to like implement, we've tried to experiment with a bunch of things and try to implement some ways to do cross-functional collaborations and ideations, making sure that like engineers and product and marketing and design are all, you know, doing brainstorming, thinking together, doing design exercises together. I mean, honestly, to this day, I'm still experimenting with different things, um, trying to bring more people into the feedback process and into the design process as well. So it's just been one big experiment. And then on top of it, just trying to keep those social moments as well. So having virtual happy hours or lunches together. I also do a thing on Friday mornings where it's just team learning time for the UX team and just dedicated time. Like don't work on projects. Mm. Let's just learn. And we share a little bit about what we're learning and, and, and I'm hoping to expand on that idea a little bit more. So that is really cool. And I, I feel like that's something that a lot of designers struggle with. I think we all, we're all very driven people, like no question about that. But I think a lot of us don't, often like give ourselves the permission <laughs> to use time at work to be learning things. Yep. And we tend to be like, oh, like I'll learn about this thing, you know, <laughs> like this weekend or oh, I'll learn, you know, after work or on the evenings or whatever. Yeah. And I think more than ever, like the danger now is that we end up spending 100% of our time in front of a screen. Yes. So I really love that you're like stepping up and encouraging your team to be like, hey, no, like actually, you know, you can use some of the time at work to yeah. get better at what you do. Like that's super beneficial for us. And that's going to be super beneficial for you. Yeah. And and the financial space is a really complex domain too. So <laughs> I, you know, we, there is a level of needing to like, make sure you're making time to be aware of what's going on. The fintech space also moves very fast. So being aware of what's going on, being aware of what the market's like, being aware of what our merchants are experiencing out there in the wild. Also just like knowing some basic knowledge about finances and banking and, you know, how does a debit card work and how does a credit card work and what does all this stuff mean? And and so, yeah, I just want to make sure that I'm giving folks the time to do that because it helps in our decision-making processes and helps us kind of break down problems a little bit easier when we, we, we know a little bit more about the space. Yeah, I love that you touched on the fact that there's probably a lot to learn in the yes. space, like uh, the space you're in. So can you tell us a bit more about what that process was like to kind of get up to speed and, and sort of like learn about all these concepts? Like, was that a big challenge for you or was that something that came more naturally to you? It was a big challenge. It still is a big challenge. I'm learning about the domain space every day. It's really interesting just even when we were when we were first starting, you know, I'm, I'm from the States originally. And we I remember sitting around a, a conference table and we mentioned something about debit cards. And somebody said, oh, well, you can't use your debit card online. And I was like, well, what do you mean you can't use it? And I went home that night and I realized like, oh my God, you can't use your debit card online in Canada, right. but you can in the States. So there's just like, not only is it like a really meaty, like big world of finance to learn, but there's also so many differences in terms of just like the constructs and the regulations from country to country, but then also just mm. the perceptions, the behaviors and the expectations and stuff from country to country. So even as we start to think about globally right now, Shopify Balance is going to launch just in the for US merchants. But as we eventually expand, hopefully like there's, there's a lot of things that we need to continue learning and, and discovering. Yeah, that's super cool. I forget who I was talking to the other day. And we were talking about 
internationalization. And this is something that really resonated with me is that, you know, as designers, like when we start thinking more broadly about internationalization, it's a lot about unlearning things that mm-hmm. we take for granted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like in your case, it was like, of course you can use a debit card, you know, <laughs> online, you know, what's wrong with that? And then it's like, hey, actually, that's not a thing everywhere, right? Yep. And I feel like there's so many more things like that, that we as designers just like need to unlearn these core assumptions. Mm-hmm. And I feel like to some regard, like even unlearning what good design is. <laughs> yes. uh, like, I, you know, I think, you know, around here, we talk a lot about like simplicity and, you know, white space and keep it like simple and, and mm-hmm. straightforward, mm-hmm. where I think like in other places in the world, they value much more information density. And yeah. so like something that would be considered amazing design here there would be like, no, (laughs) where's the information here? Like, so, you know, so it's super interesting that even for you, it's it's sort of like layering on these aspects of of learning and unlearning at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And this is uh, something that's kind of been on the front of my mind recently as well with in terms of design too, is in our early explorations and even getting into like our early release of, of Shopify Balance, we stuck to Polaris and very strictly. And we realized afterwards that like, oh, wait, you know what? Not afterwards, actually, we realized it during, but we we looked at it and we were like, wait a second. This wasn't actually necessarily built for like finances, which is a little bit, which is a different Hmm. mental model than than maybe managing your orders or managing your inventory or or something else. So we need to see there's a level of taking cue from like this a lot of really great design out in the finance world and like just seeing what's out there, knowing what's out there and thinking about the mental models of, of this new space that we're still learning about and how do we continue learning about like, what is the right information you need here? And how are you coming to use this page? What do you want to find out? How often would it, what do you need? Like, you know, it's important for merchants. We don't want to do all the work for them. That's not the point. The point isn't to like reduce all of like, hey, you don't have to worry about your finances anymore. It's about helping merchants learn. So it's almost like mm. we have to learn with them as we as we design too, in some ways. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, no, that that is so cool. I think we tend as designers to want to, like you said, kind of like sweep all that complexity under the rug. Mm-hmm. But like more and more, I admire interfaces that are able to teach you these complex concepts Mm -hmm. in a way that like you'll get to understand it so it won't like deal away with that complexity and like have a tool that's just like overly simplified but it's a tool that will give you superpowers and will let you accomplish things that you never thought you could accomplish before yeah and kind of learning without knowing that you learned and you just all of a sudden sort of pick up new habits and whatnot as you go along yeah and that's what I, i mean you know Designing for for fintech and finance, like it might not be the, the the coolest, but it's actually I love it because it's just it's a lot about problem solving and it's a lot about breaking down complex problems and rebuilding it, but rebuilding it in different ways and just seeing what each way means and and trying to construct it in a way that's that can be understood by different levels of understanding of what the numbers mean and different. Everyone has like a unique way of doing their of thinking about their finances. And so just being like mindful of that and personal, making sure they we're taking them along and we're taking that into consideration as we're, as we're designing too, and not just sort of like putting our, our point of view onto it. Right. Yeah. I like what you mentioned before about sort of 
when you were approaching this problem and like looking at Polaris and be like, hey, actually, like maybe Polaris wasn't designed for some of those use cases. I think that's something that's pretty common for a lot of designers mm -hmm. working with design systems and a common struggle that we all go through. Yeah. Could you talk a bit about how you kind of like went about kind of solving this this problem? Like, how did you work with Polaris and kind of like maybe adapt it to fit this new problem space that we hadn't approached before? That is still a work in progress, actually. <laughs> we're working through that right now. What we're starting with is there are some really great fintech design, fintech experiences out there and, and trying to like understand that, but also looking beyond fintech as well and thinking about like abstracting the problem boot and thinking about what the person's trying to do. If it's something that they're trying to track or monitor, like what is a, a parallel industry or a parallel experience that we might be able to, to draw some, some inspiration from. Yeah. I, I think otherwise with the month, with finances, like at least the way we were talking about like simplicity and like information and how you have like, whether you want to show just enough for just for all the information or how, how you want to stack it. Like right now we're trying to go for simplicity. Like we're trying to get, make sure that we have like the most important information that the merchant needs about their money available to them at glance and, and, you know, build up from there if needed, but just like really trying to simplify finances as much as possible. I'm thinking of like the transaction table, for example, like for where transaction tables, we may have a lot of, we want to use them to show a lot of information. Yeah, I think we're just trying to use Polaris as sort of the foundation because it still needs to fit within the admin and feel connected and feel familiar. And, you know, we don't want it to be its own separate thing. So there's a level of like using that as sort of the foundation, but then thinking about like, you know, the information is going to be a little bit different. You're not coming in to do a task necessarily for finances. I mean, sometimes you will, but sometimes it's just popping in to like, make sure this transaction went through or get a quick ballpark of how things are doing or did my sales come in, that kind of thing. So I think what we want to do is just try to find ways to simplify it even more, provide some sort of like different visual hierarchies or breaking up components in, in, in some ways that, that might just help those sort of like quick information mental models. Yeah. And, and that's something I love about Polaris is I think we've always been kind of pretty upfront about Polaris being a floor, not a ceiling. Yeah. And so it should be sort of like the base layer on which you build on top to create your experiences. Yep. And so for a use case like yours, it's like, okay, like we're going to take the elements that work for us and then we're going to build on top of that and enhance it to create something that is truly optimized for that problem space, for those use cases, and probably, I'm sure, like contribute back to the system so that whenever there is like, we get into another new space and mm -hmm. that is actually maybe similar yeah. to the financial space, we can be like, hey, like there's these similar <laughs> patterns and we can just like reuse them. And that's what keeps things like Polaris alive and, you know, keep the the wheel moving so that it doesn't stay, you know, second time and just like never evolved. Because the, the whole point of the design system is we can keep evolving things over time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as a lead, that's one of the things that I'm also trying to do right now is like, help get the designers permission to do that. I feel like sometimes we, you know, because there's a design system, we feel like we have to like, okay, I need this thing to do this thing. So I'm going to pull this thing out and push this. Like, and it's like, okay, well, let's, 
let's think about that a little bit differently. What is the thing we're trying to do? Is there is there a slight tweak to this that we can make? Is there a new way that we can think about this? And like, I'm not saying redesign everything. I'm just like, I think there's a few key moments within our experiences that we can just sort of like push beyond and try to try to think about in a new way. Yeah, 100%. I want to talk about you a little bit more. Like, can you tell us a bit more about your your background and kind of like what got you into the space and what got you into even like design? Sure. More broadly speaking. I think it's always interesting <laughs> to hear about like the people behind the work. I know personally, like that's always what I love to hear. The weird backgrounds that people have at Shopify. I think it's it's always so cool. Yeah, I joke that I'm a med school dropout. Um, <laughs> I no, I, I actually like my entire life I wanted to be a doctor and started going to went to college, majored in physiology, neurobiology, and art history was like my second major that was like my happy, like turn my brain off time. I wound up studying abroad for a bit and focused on the art and came back and decided I didn't want to go to med school anymore. I wanted to travel and do something creative. And so after I graduated college, I was like, oh God, like I <laughs> what am I going to do now? Like I got art history and like, nerve. so I wound up going to art school to do thinking about medical illustrations. And that's where I found design. And I was like, Oh, no, not that illustration thing. This design thing. Wait, did, cool. did you say medical, medical illustrations? Yeah. Is that a thing? It's a thing. It's a thing. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I don't even know about this. What is this? <laughs> it's just, it's technical illustrations for like medical community and textbooks. And I don't know where else you like, yeah, technical drawings huh. for the medical. So interesting. I thought it would combine the two. I didn't even know this was a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you looked at that and you're like, eh, maybe not. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that, that, that. I can sketch, I can doodle. I'm not I'm not a technical illustrator. So I, I got into design. That led me to a bunch of years working as an art director in advertising. And then I just... I don't know. I, I, I kind of burnt out from that. I, I got, I remember sitting around conference tables thinking like or brainstorming rooms and we're like, Oh, so-and-so did this. Like, let's just do that too. And I was like, what, what's going on? Mm. <laughs> so I wound up consulting for a little bit and kind of followed this like question in my head and found UX and then found product design and worked at Under Armour for a couple of years and went to PayPal and then here to Shopify. Nice. Yeah, that, that's really cool. I love how you kind of found your way in, <laughs> into design and like found the thing that was for you. Mm -hmm. This is probably going to like age me a bit, but I like that's I started out as a print designer and I remember like, oh, it's this like, web thing. Like, I want right. to know web design and I want to try this out. So I remember like annoying the heck out of a bunch of developers and just trying to trying to learn that. And that's how I got into like interactive and just I left it from there because it was such a wide space that you could you kind of do anything so that's cool mm -hmm. nice very cool so see this is a great example that you <laughs> you can get into fintech you know you don't have to have you yep. know a special background or anything like that yep. you know i think it's all about from what i got from your story mm -hmm. is like it's all about being passionate about complex problems and wanting to make people's lives better oh absolutely yeah i think like when i got into into this it was just it was sort of that combining so many aspects of like the past of like wanting to make lives better, wanting to help people. Like I, that was why I wanted to become a doctor. And then you have the side of, of like the, the complex problems and I have like the right brain, left brain. So I've got like 
I've got, I love both. I love complex problems and I love the free creativity as well. So hmm. coming into this space, was just sort of like perfect fit so far. Nice. <laughs> nice. Amazing. Yeah. Maybe we can end on, on this. Like yeah. what advice would you give to maybe like younger designers who might be interested in getting into fintech? Ooh, that's a good question. I, I get asked a lot about what kind of schooling do you need to have or what kind of credentials do you look for? What do you what do you look for with designers? And I think a lot of times it just has to do with more about experience than anything. You know, I I when I when I interview designers, I, I want to be able to see the problem solving piece of it. You know, like I said, the problem solving piece of our of their journey, because I I think especially with fintech, like there's just a it's there's a lot of complexity and your ability to kind of break that down and not just go after like a visual solution. Like you actually have to kind of like, you kind of got to dig into it a little bit and understand like, what is it we're trying to do and what we're trying to do is not just sort of organizing numbers on a page. Like right. <laughs> you want to see how you, how you dissect a problem. And if you can come out of it with like multiple directions and like think through it and follow different threads in terms of the FinTech space itself. And I think about, I was talking about the product domain knowledge before and product domain knowledge is I, I think really super important in fintech space in some ways, but that doesn't mean you need to be an absolute expert in it. Like, I think there's, mm -hmm. there is some level of like having, not having expertise in it that helps you kind of question things maybe a little bit more or take a perspective that maybe somebody who doesn't know much about finances and isn't an expert about it. So I, I, I think like, I would say it's, you don't need to have that, but I think it's good to learn along the way. And I never expected I would end up in fintech space. So here I am. And it's pretty interesting. There's any number of problems any given day within finances for any number of people. Like it's just, it's such a core piece of our, our world and hopefully we'll make it better soon. Nice. Sweet. So come in with a, an open mind, beginner's mindset, be curious, open to learning lots of things, and you can only grow from there. Absolutely. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's super cool. I think that's a great place to end it. Sounds good. Thank you so, so much for spending that time with me. Really, really enjoyed our conversation. As always, <laughs> I think it's, it was a great excuse to kind of like catch up now that we don't bump into each other in the, in the office anymore. <laughs> Absolutely. For our listeners that love the conversation, like want to hear more about you, like do you have anything you want to plug? Any like socials or anything like that if people have questions for you don't have any socials i no i can't think of anything off the top of my head <laughs> send me a letter send me a letter in the mail carrier pigeon please um we'll, we'll have the address in the show notes <laughs> perfect no no I'm, I'm always happy to like i made my career from just kind of like following some intuitions and following some questions and being curious and i'm always happy to help others in that same way. If you want to understand a little bit more about the space or what, what we do or what I do or some perspectives or whatever, like I'm, I'm always happy to, to answer questions. Yeah. I'd love to be a resource for anybody and that I can. Amazing. Sweet. <laughs> well, thank you so much once again, and uh, hopefully we'll talk soon. Of course. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>